Hello and welcome to the Visual Storytelling Podcast. My name is Fred Ranger and I want to thank you so much for joining me today for what is a very special episode where I get to interview probably one of my favorite people out there in the photography community. He is the editor-in-chief and founder of Fujilove website and magazine. He most recently created Frames, a printed magazine, and he's also a musician and great photographer. Without further ado, here's my interview with Tomas. Today we have a very special guest. First off, Tomas, thank you so much for joining the Visual Storytelling Podcast. I am a big fan of everything you've created over the past few years, and I'm excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, Fred, the, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for your invitation. And uh, yeah, you, you, um, we have known each other for, for a while now, it's a couple of years probably, uh, digitally, online, right? So it, it's it's great to see you also here on, on camera at least, you know, and I hope one day we, 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 we can meet in person as well. Absolutely. When this whole lockdown situation is over, my first destination will be Zurich and we'll be shaking hands and, or maybe just elbow just to start with. <laughs> so, <laughs> Let's stick to elbows. Let's see how the situation is when you come, right? Okay. So, Thomas, first off, I mean, for the three people out there who don't know you, because a lot of people know you because of everything you're doing for photographer, founder of Fujilove, and also Frames, a more recent project, you also have your podcast. So, talk to me a little bit more about how you got into all those things and how you actually keep up. Do you sleep at night? That's my first question. Occasionally, yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, oh, let's say uh, you are starting with the with the huge, with the biggest possible yeah, question. Going in with the tough question first. <laughs> well, um, where should I start? I mean, okay, maybe just a quick little background story. You know, um, I have been around for a while. I'm a I'm a pianist. I'm a classical pianist. So actually, I, what I studied, you know, back in the days, and we, what I am also, by the way, still still um, pursuing in a way is a is a pianist, you know, career pianist, um, pianist, musician life. I am a chamber musician, classical pianist, working in in Switzerland at the uh, College of Music in Lucerne. Um, So, yeah, it it also does not help, you know, with with managing the time. So I have several different, yeah, like you say, tasks on my plate every single day. Um, uh, When you ask about, you know, where this energy, where, where all those ideas come from, um, difficult to answer. You know, I was talking to my parents one day, or, or we, you know, occasionally we talk about it, about myself, you know, and uh, they said, both of them, you know, they were growing up in the communist Poland. So I come originally from Poland, right? I'm, I'm living in Switzerland right now, but I come, or I was born in and, and lived till I was 20 years old in Poland. Um, there was, you know, entrepreneurship, such thing did not exist basically back in the times of my childhood, right? This was communism. So um, both of my parents also did not have this kind of ideas and, you know, ambitions. They were just doing their jobs at, at those times, you know. And um, so I don't know what I know that uh, when it comes to, let's say, quote unquote, business and, and entrepreneurship, there was this moment where I was a little boy. I know I, I got an idea with my cousin 
to 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 sell vegetables on the on a local a local market. So I guess this was the first attempt, you know, uh, to <laughs> entrepreneurship. <laughs> to, exactly right. <laughs> Young Thomas wanted to build something. I I, I think. You know, with me, it was more about, I always had this, uh, since since uh, early years, you know, my early years, I, I always had this kind of urge to, I think, somewhere inside to, to inspire people, mm-hmm. to, to, to curate, to bring together information. My father was very much into books, into, into newspapers and magazines. So, you know, like media and this kind of uh, content uh, consumption was always somewhere there around. Um, and some, you know, and 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 both of my parents were were computer programmers, so you know this mix of those influences, I think, resulted in me want uh, being interested interested in kind of curating and feeding content and spreading it around, you know, and through this process, inspiring dif- different people. So uh, uh, already as a, as a, as a, as a um, uh, school you know as as a student or even earlier primary secondary school i remember i was creating some kind of local newspapers you know uh, printing something at in in my basement you know for for all the for the campus and and things like that so i guess i have it in me and it's also what's what's still you know surfacing these days now yeah and i see a common thread i think the keyword here that you mentioned is it's about creating and you like very interesting images, visuals, people. So talk to me a little bit more about how the idea behind Fuji Love came about. Because I remember back in 2011, I was about to leave on a trip to Italy and I had all my Nikon gear. I had my D750, D700 actually, the 14 to 24, all this heavy equipment in my bag. And I literally just got the Fuji X100 just for like dinner shots. And I said, might as well just have it a little pocket camera. And I found in love with it. And when I came back, when I look at my Lightroom, 80% of my shots were taken with the Fuji X100 because that was the camera that was on me. And it was not the best camera. It was not the fastest to autofocus. We know all about the quirks. But I was in love with the process. And it got me back into slowing down and taking images. And I want to ask you, do you have a similar story or... How was the initiative started on your end to say, you know what, I'm such a fan of this ecosystem that I want to start a community around it? Yeah, so yes, absolutely. The story was similar. And I can imagine the story was similar, uh, um, you know, in the beginnings of the X series for, from Fujifilm to, uh, for many, many people. I was shooting already for for um, probably around 10 years already, you know, before the switch, making the switch. Uh, I, I, I had been using several different systems, you know, I went through Canon to Nikon and, uh, Pentax, you know, I remember I, I wow, had Pentax. Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, uh, big boys, you know, heavy DSLRs and so on. I loved it. Of course, I enjoyed it, uh, uh, in those years as well. This was the first years, you know, I, I was getting into photography, exploring, learning and, uh, uh but yeah, uh, at those times, and it was my, my first Fujifilm camera was the X100S. So not even not even the very very original, you know, X100 model. Yeah, the uh, second model, right? The second model, yeah, exactly. Uh, which was already a big step ahead from 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 the X100 one, yes. right? So um, yeah, but this when you're asking about this story, very similar. So I had I think at that time I had the. My last DSLR was the Nikon D8110. So wow. a huge boy, right? I was already shooting musicians, you know, concerts. So it was a great machine. It was a great 
piece of equipment. I, I, I actually loved it, you know. Uh, but yeah, I was also doing street photography for myself, right? So I'm a musician. I was carrying the, the, the Nikon with me every single day. And being a pianist, especially, I, I really was starting feeling it in, uh, on my, you know, in my, in my muscles, in my shoulders. And then it was influencing my posture and everything. It was, it was just too heavy. So I started looking around and, um, yeah, I remember this day I was standing in front of this, our local photography shop here in Lucerne. And there was this little, you know, quirky looking kind of retro Fuji film camera, which I had no idea about at that time. Uh, it just looked great, right? It just looked, looked intriguing, right? So I grabbed my iPhone and I, you know, Googled it very quickly and started, uh, and the reviews started, you know, popping up. And basically all of them had, you know, they were five-star reviews and people were like enthusiastic about this little thing. Mm. So I remember I went in, I asked the guy about, can I, can I have a look at this Fujifilm X100S? And he gave it to me, you know, I stepped outside, took a few shots. I just went back to the counter and said, okay, you can pack it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, love at first sight, right? With the Fuji and, um, Love, love, which is lasting till today, very, you know, going strong. Uh, after a couple of months, after I think getting the, this, the, the camera, uh, exactly again, based on, on, on mine, what we talked just before, right. On my, you know, ideas of spreading the word of inspiring. I, I started a little blog, you know, I looked for a domain. I really kind of fell in love. So, you know, Fuji love, <laughs> nothing, you know, and it was nothing. available. Fujilove.com. It, it was available. Uh, uh, to be honest, I was really, uh, you know, uh, um, I was thinking about if it doesn't uh, sound too cheesy or too kitschy, you know, <laughs> which it does, but today's an established, you know, kind of brand. It's a brand magazine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's it. I started blogging myself, you know, a couple of articles, kind of impressions, I think myself. And then I, I, um, uh, opened the Facebook group. Yep. And, you know, people started coming in like it happens, you know, uh, um, and then I remember I started looking and, and, and calling for, for, for co-bloggers for this site. Yeah. Right? Because so, uh, I guess it was taking a lot of time to populate the site, right? Exactly. You know, so, so, you know, step by step, by step, uh, a couple of guys, I was searching around and I found, I remember I found Takekayo then I, I, I found Kev, Kevin, I guess, Malins and, um, you know, and I asked them, Hey guys, could you write also something? Because I know you're using the cameras as well. That's how it started. Right. So that, this was the, the, the very beginnings. And then it turned into a very popular magazine, digital version of Fujilove. And was it the intention of kind of making it more official or having something that people can have in their hands and take time to read a little bit less social media. Um, you know, when you ask me about intentional, um, steps or, you know, like ideas. Okay. I have to say, I, I, I have been learning all those years. I hope today I'm more intentional than I was back then. <laughs> uh, but I, but you know, back then, um, I was enjoying having this, you know, small community, you know, which was slowly growing, you know, the Facebook group and the website and, uh, to be completely honest. And I, I think I have told this story a few times on, on some other podcasts or maybe on some other websites, uh, I think the idea of the magazine initially, the very, very first impulse came from one of the group members from the Fuji, one, one of the Fujilove 
Facebook group members. You know, people people were like, hey, this is cool. I like all those articles. How about a ma- how about having a magazine? I was like, okay, well, why not? I mean, let's let's give it a try. You know, I was sitting for a few nights. Uh, compiling the PDF files myself, and that, that, that. then I prepared the first first issue, and I and I informed the group about it, and I said, okay, l- let's go for it. Let's see what happens. You can you can you can visit this URL, subscribe to the magazine, and I went to sleep, and my wife was like, okay, let's see what happens. I mean, the investment was not big or anything, right? You know, so you created a PDF, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was your time at you first. Know, right? I, of course, I, I I asked a few guys to to write for the for the first edition and so on. Yeah. Next morning, there was 650 subscribers. Wow! To the magazine, so I was like, okay, this this is something seems to be making sense for 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 some people, right? So th- this was the beginnings this uh, of the of the That's magazine great. itself. Yeah. Yes, and then also, of course, being 2020, or actually back then, a couple of years ago, before podcast was also something you ventured in and you started uh, kind of a Fujilove podcast also that was more on and off if I understand correctly a lot of time was put on the written part of it and the images part of it but also you had some guests and that was given or shared with a co-host if I understand correctly that's now running the show right yeah, so the podcast was you know I, I slowly you know one by one I was trying to, to of course build the, the the entire ecosystem, let's call it like the era, you know, the Fujilaf ecosystem with the podcast, with the YouTube channel. YouTube channel is uh, unfortunately not active again. You know, there were a few attempts. It's just much. It's just much on, on, on my plate. And, you know, it, it is my business today, but it's not, you know, it's not, uh, um, it's not a huge business. So, of course, you know, putting all those parts together when I, and, and my ambitions are always to, to you know, to, uh, maintain certain level of, of of content delivery and so on is combined of course with with costs as well so you know i i am juggling with, with those moving parts and kind of trying to to find this middle ground for for what's the most important i'm of course uh, talking to the community today the podcast is is running again we have a bi-weekly show right with mark uh, I yeah, think, with Mark, yeah, I think Mark he's doing an amazing yeah. job. Yeah, I think he's doing a nice, nice job, and and yeah, now it's really running regularly. Every two weeks we have an episode. I think another one is uh, going out uh, as we record it now today, uh, tomorrow. Nice. I'll put the uh, link in the show notes so people can find it very easily. This is great. And speaking of moving pieces, like if that wasn't enough, you decided that you know what? Let me start a new community, <laughs> and you started Frames. And this is one venture that I'm very interested in, and I'm sure that this audience of the Visual Storytelling Podcast is very interested in, because I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is really about the storytelling, really about the process. This is not so much about the gear and the settings and so on and so forth. It is really about for lack of a better expression, visual storytelling. So tell me a little bit more about that idea and how you brought it up to life. Okay, so uh, let me put like, so first let me tell uh, your listeners what Frames Magazine is going to be. We we are uh, right now, you know, I had to slow down a little bit with the the whole progress. I mean, I I don't, I was forced to, to slow down because of the, pandemic you know situation global so there are certain parts again which are kind of not possible to execute right now you know the printing shops are i kind of closing closing down or they're very slow and you know the post is not working properly but it's a very fresh project um so okay let's rewind 
Fuji Life magazine, as you said, uh, digital. It's a digital monthly magazine. Two years ago, I had a, you know, attempt to to produce a Fuji Life quarterly printed magazine, and we had uh, four editions of uh, of Fuji Life quarterly. It was a printed 100 pages, you know, thick, beautiful Fuji Life magazine. Yeah, uh, high quality edition, right? Yeah, and we issued four editions. There were there there was a group of subscribers, but um, you know, it it was a difficult moment. I have to say, in in a way, I mean, I was very enthusiastic about the idea. I I really um, uh, believe, and this is a motto of frames today, that that excellent photography belongs on paper. Uh, you know, in in the very end, I really I just love. Uh, holding a, a book, photography book or a magazine, beautiful magazine with great photographs in my hands or, you know, or having it on the wall as a printed image. So, so that's where my passion and, and ideas, those are the ideas behind, behind frames. So I tried to do it with Fujilove, but Fujilove, of course, without, I mean, needless to say, it's a, it's a, a brand related community and publication. It's all about Fujifilm. And you know, and and producing a printed publication costs way more than you know producing a PDF. Needless to say, so you know, in the very end, it was a, a tough call, and it was a very tight call, you know, in terms of finances. Simply put, simply put, so I, I had to pull the plug on this one. Um, maybe I should not have done it, but yeah, it, it was just too much at the time. And, we, and with those financial, you know, struggles, it was a bit tough when it comes to this printed publication, but this yeah, idea, and you said it yourself, you learn every time you try something. Exactly. I learned a lot. That's for sure. Like you say, this is a perfect, yeah, perfect remark. I, I le learned a lot on this attempt, you know, pr pr of, of producing this printed Fujilove uh, magazine. Uh, now, this idea and this dream of having a printed publication didn't die. It was just, you know, it, I put it into in the background. And now it's slowly uh, resurfacing and uh, hence the idea. So Frames is going to be a, a printed photography magazine, brand unrelated, focusing, you know, solely on, 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 on photography, on very good photography. And as you say, on, on stories uh, um, accompanying those images. So um, w you will be seeing a couple of photographers featured in every edition of frames uh, with beautifully presented images on, 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 on one page and their stories, corresponding stories being published on the, on the corresponding page. So like each image, you know, we will have its uh, parallel corresponding page which uh, which will be this black uh, white canvas for the photographer to put whatever kind of words he or she wants to accompany this image with that's the idea that's the you know uh, and it it will really not matter if uh, what kind of camera what kind of genre and also you know in terms of digital analog or mobile photography those are like kind of irrelevant factors and the, the the common denominator will be Great photography is something for for the eye, for people to inspire, to see what work can be done, you know, with different devices, with different kind of uh, within different kind of genres. So this is great. And again, I'll put the link in the description so people can discover the approach because I think there's already a lot of information on the website, and of course, a bit of a delay on the magazine side, the printing, like you said. 
but it's going to come in a, I think you're targeting the end of the year to start shipping or if things get back in motion. Exactly. Right. Right now, the plan is October, November, you know, having the first first edition ready to, to ship. Uh, fingers crossed, right? We still we are still in the unknown. Yeah, uh, what's happening right now? Of course, like you say, I, I am building a community around frames. We have a, I would say, uh, yeah, powerful Facebook group. I mean, the 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 quality of images people are sharing in the group. I, I am stunned. Like I am, you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, great work, absolutely great work. Uh, we, I started inviting um, photographers I admire uh, to to also jump on webinars, you know, and on the podcast. So, like for example, next week I'm, I'm really excited. Right now, I just I just emailed with Phil Penman. Oh, I don't nice. know if you're familiar. Yeah. So he will be talking about his street photography, about his approach, techniques, ethics of street photography next Friday. May 1st, 2020, you know, with, with our community live on a webinar. So this is, uh, that's how I am trying to, you know, to, 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 to keep people together, you know, tie them in, within the community before the magazine actually appears uh, on the market. This is great. And will it be fueled by mostly the images that you're seeing on that group? Will it be a mix of professional photographers, amateurs, and so on? Like, what's the angle? To populate the magazine exactly like you are describing it so uh, the, the, you know again common denominator great photography me being the main curator you know i'm considering having two three more people on the team to kind of you know um what should what, what word should i use uh, um to 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 scout or to hunt you know great image makers Personally, I really don't kind of like this this um, classification of you know professional amateur uh, photographers. Uh, you can see so many great images, like amazing stuff from people who who, who you know who who never even attended a photography course. Like you know, there's so many factors when it comes to a great eye and and this and this uh, sensitivity about Im- imagery that. Uh, Exactly like you describe it. My goal is to to mix and to present work from, let's use this word again, professionals, amateurs, you know, enthusiasts. And, and, and uh, uh, I think the, the, this final curated mixture in the magazine will be really inspiring. And for me, it brings me to a question that I wanted to ask you, because I know that you're using social media a lot, both in your professional life and your personal life and to curate the work you're doing and so on and so forth. But what's your relationship with it? Because as a guy who really likes the process, the stories, printing a magazine and so on and so forth versus the instant aspect of social media, how do you juggle with the fact that there's tons of images every day being posted on social media? It's kind of a highlight reel, you know, on Instagram versus a magazine where it's a curated experience where you slow down. How do you live with both in your life, uh, personal and professional? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I treat, I guess, I treat the social media, you know, platforms, Instagram, Facebook, mainly, right, and Twitter to maybe lesser extent. In my case, you know, it's like it's like going out on the street for me. So you know, from out from my private space and uh, having a look around what's available, what's happening in the world, right? Uh, like in the real life, being out there on this open space, on the social media platforms, mm, I meet random people. Mm-hmm. 
and some of them, you know, spark my interest or, or, or their work, first of all, right? And and the, the, who they are as human beings is, you know, in the end, it's, it's kind of a randomness. Like people we met in our life, uh, very often we met them by coincidence, you know, like uh, maybe we bump into them in, in, a, in a grocery store and it developed in, into our best friendship, right? So, of course, sure, I can't meet everyone and I can't follow everyone. There's millions of people and hundreds of thousands of people doing actually excellent work. But sure, being out there on those platforms, I, I react to, to great work, make contacts, invite people into the community and you know in the end of course and i know it will be a very tough job to narrow it down <laughs> to those who actually i would like to print and, and feature in the magazine but you know that's life i i i can't feature you know one hundred thousand photographers every month in the magazine it would also not make any sense for the readers right so yeah i agree i already have to say because people are approaching me with you know with with uh, with the portfolios and you know with their with their they're submitting the work I already feel it. I already feel the wave coming in a way, but I just will ask everybody for patience. You know, I will do my best, of course. That's why the website, that's why the website, that's why the, the social media, I can also share the work on those platforms. Magazine, yeah. Uh, well, one- the good news is that uh, you'll have content for multiple years and long life to frames a magazine. I really like uh, the concept. I think it's a great way to... Take a step back from all this instant social media, visual storytelling, and get into a different mindset of slowing down and appreciating a story, connecting, relating, having an emotion. Because, I mean, some of the best photographers, they don't talk about the gear they're using. They don't talk about the platform they're posting it on or their settings. They talk about seeing an image and having or relating uh, to it and having an emotion. And I think that's what this project is going to help people and especially young people that are always on and always connected. I think with the brand you created, it makes it interesting for most advanced and beginners too. It, it's uh, exactly how you're describing this slowing down and, you know, uh, but, but, you know, uh, I have to admit it won't be, and please wish me luck. You know, this, the, the project is only in its, in, in its very, very early stages. I still have to see what the response will be. I mean, the response is already being very good, but you know, as I said, to start a printing publication, you really need, absolutely need a certain minimum of, of, of subscribers to the magazine to make it a viable, you know, rolling kind of business to even to, to even take it off, off the ground, right? But uh, I think what will be also interesting, and I'm looking still into ways, you know, how to, how exactly you mentioned young people, you know, yeah. young people being all 90% of their free time on, on their mobile devices and, you know, scanning through through images, you know, uh, in, a, in, a, in a, you know, looking at any, any given image for, for maybe half a second max. Attention span, uh, uh, very, very low. Attention span, very, uh, but it, this is this is what kind of fascinates me very much to, to also show those young people, hey, you know, there is something like paper, you can sit down and have your, you know, cup of, uh, tea or a glass of wine and you know spend time with this image spend time with fo- this photographer and kind of try to i think it, it allows you to connect really with the photographer and his work in a in a way deeper way than you know when sliding with your finger quickly through the through your mobile phone screen so that that's the idea i think but it will it will not be easy it's like you know it's like reintroducing the idea of, of long plays after this uh, era of cd cds right 
yeah, so as I said, wish me luck. I, I you know, but I have mu- much passion and much energy inside too. It's it's really the project. I think I would say maybe this is the project of my life. Let's say, let's see what happens. Well, we're happy to support it and uh, to learn more about it. That brings me to one of my last questions. And given this whole situation right now with the pandemic and uh, hitting all the countries, Switzerland, I'm in Montreal, kind of the same same thing with the lockdown and everything. One of your quote or something that you always say in the Frigid Love magazine is fuel your passion. How do you feel your passion when you're sitting down at home with your camera? How do you, Tomas, on your hand, uh, stay sane and creative in these difficult times? I think this is a, uh, maybe it's a, par- it's a kind of like a paradox right now, right? Because we are suddenly blocked, you know, locked, locked up in our apartments, uh, uh, to, you know, to different extent, depending on the country. But um, we have this chance of really now exactly, we are forced to slow down, you know, physically and with our jobs and lives. But uh, it also gives us a chance to automatically to slow down with our creative, you know, endeavors and, and, uh, and with the entire process. We have depending on your family situation for me it's for me it's not easy i have two little I have my, my wife is here with two little girls it's not the easiest way but still of course we 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 have those moments when we can sit down and and you know kind of uh, lose ourselves in our thoughts right like uh, just sitting alone in the room and of course what it allowed me to do is really to to slow down uh, with my thoughts when and with my execution in terms of creating photos, you know, all the time, and uh, think about like f- feel your gut, feel your gut, feel you know, um, really think about what 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 is it that is the most important thing you would like to do with your photography, right? And uh, yeah, funnily enough, I already kind of eliminated, decided to eliminate certain areas of my photographic activities from 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 my life. Not maybe eliminate them completely, but rather maybe to focus way more on something which is really important for me. So, you know, I'm a musician. Uh, it's still difficult because we are locked down and I'm not allowed to, to, but I really hope, of course, it will open up. So, for example, for me, myself, I reconnected very strongly with my with my um, need to photograph music and musicians. I'm a mus- musician myself. I was always coming back to this, but I think this time, you know, this this... It's amplified and I went even deeper into, and I felt it on an even deeper level. So like today, I can't wait till till it all ends and I schedule my first meeting or a session or, you know, with a, with a musician and, uh, and try to capture, you know, um, his or her passion, you know, being music. So, um, that's it. Many people photograph around their, their houses right, right now, right? They're like looking for details. I must say, honestly, for me, it's uh, it didn't work very much to this extent that I you know got excited about photography because I kind of did this kind of things before like already years ago I was into photographing details a lot and you know corners of my rooms you know <laughs> details of my curtains and so on it, so, so the problem is I, I already photographed almost everything here <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw your, your you went back to your uh, old library so and, you're starting to post some old exactly stuff. <laughs> you know so. No, so for me, like, uh, I actually did fuel my passion, you know, with the ideas for what will happen immediately after we can live normally again. And hopefully it's it's happening very soon. And yeah, yeah we're preparing so I the wish, after. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's great. I mean, I saw uh, some people are being very creative. Uh, Bert Stefani. Uh, what's his last name? Bert, Bert Stefani. Stefani. Yeah, Stefani. Stefani. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like what he's doing uh, with his kids and uh, during the lockdowns. Anyone that actually inspires you lately that you've been following? It doesn't have to be a professional, but someone that, you know, you said, oh, that's clever. That's inspiring. Well, so I have to say in the... Um Yeah, so it's, it's it's a again it's a pretty difficult question for me to answer because having my interests, you know, photographic interests and and uh, those things which I would like to pursue, when it comes to inspiration and looking at uh, different people's work, uh, it doesn't have to go in tandem. Meaning, if I want to photograph music, I can be equally inspired with somebody by somebody who photographs landscapes or you know or abstracts. When I feel the passion of this person, it it pushes my own passion towards what I am trying to achieve. So it doesn't have to be within the same genre. And uh, yeah, to be completely honest, uh, the, the Frames Facebook group is right now my my strongest kind of source of inspiration because people are posting really different kind of images, you know, black and white, analog, digital, collage, kind of also some kind of graphical stuff. There is many, many discussions going on 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 what photography actually is, right? This is one for another time, you know, the topic. Uh, so I would say this group in general is right now really like a power horse when it comes to inspiration for me. I would completely agree with that. I get my daily dose of inspiration <laughs> uh, getting up in the morning and hitting the group and can't wait to actually feel the images and see them in a printed format. So, Tomas, maybe last question. Anything you want to say to a young photographer who's, again, being exposed to a lot of ways to consume media, to look at images? What would be your recommendation, again, not necessarily about gear, but about how to get inspired and get out there and shoot and to stay inspired throughout these difficult times? And when we're back... You know, people are going to pick up their camera. Some of them are going to be super inspired. Some of them are going to be a bit depressed. What would be your recommendation for people that have a camera right now and looking for better days? Uh, I would have one like for today, whenever you, you air this podcast. Um, uh, leave your cameras in your in your closet or wherever you're keeping them. Uh, try to look for for one or two hours of time within the next 24 hours you know if you need arrange it with your family or spouse or whoever and uh, to sit down in a in a in a chair in an armchair wherever is your comfortable place um you know pour yourself a glass of wine one one no oh, more okay, right okay. <laughs> and uh, and try to imagine try to feel what you would actually really love to go out and photograph tomorrow if you had this chance. Like really connect with yourself. Like think about your life. What what makes you, you know, what touches you, what inspires you, what um, what is important for you. And don't be afraid when some kind of, in your opinion, ridiculous thought comes up to your mind. Because if this comes up again and again, very clearly into, you know, up to your head, that's the thing. Just go after this. Believe your gut feeling, really follow your gut feeling. If you can't do it now because of the global situation, pre-plan a bit. What what could be your next thing you could do with your camera uh, to follow this gut feeling which you just felt? Like really, you will feel so good when you go out there, do it. 
and you know and and create those images which which really resonate with 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 who you are you know so that that would be my advice uh, leave the camera aside think about and you know close your eyes and think about uh, who you are what what kind of images what would you like to show the world with with your photographs. Mm, I really like that. Forget about the f-stop, forget about the exposure of the cameras. Focus on, again, slowing down and looking at what drives you, what fuels your passion, to go back to an earlier point. So I really like that. Thank you so much, Tomasz. This was a very great conversation. I love the fact that we've been able to talk about both visual storytelling, but also the many projects that you are doing right now and and also uh, learn about the other Tomas that we don't see a lot, the musician. That's something that maybe for another podcast we could chat about. Uh, but I really want to thank you uh, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I hope that we are going to be able to chat soon, maybe in person, like we said, uh, in Switzerland or Montreal or wherever in the world. Canada is definitely on my list. I have a few friends, you know, some of them from the Facebook groups and so on. So <laughs> I know, <laughs> and I, I know. have never been there. And it will be the uh, ideal moment to meet with, you know, Take and all these guys in Vancouver and me in Montreal and all the other people that are living in Canada. And uh, we look forward to being able to do that. So again, Tomas, thank you so much. I will put the links that we discussed today in the show notes. And where can people find out more about you personally, Thomas? Uh, not necessarily Fuji Love or Frames, but you personally as a photographer. Uh, well, so basically, you can start on. I have a website. It's a very small portfolio. You, can, you will see mainly my 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 musician portraits and you know kind of music photographs. Uh, the URL is Thomas. So T O M A S H dot photography. Thomas dot photography. It's a very small portfolio, and I guess. Uh, I have to add, yeah, uh, um, admit that. Now's a good time to go back and uh, yeah, take a look I, at I, it. <laughs> I, I should be actually sitting here and updating my website. But I think there is a, a small set of, 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 you know, which will give you the idea what I am into, you know, photographically. And uh, I guess, I'm not sure now, right now, I, there are some links to my, to my Instagram, uh, to my social media accounts. Perfect. Thank you so much and stay safe, stay healthy, and hopefully we're going to chat soon in person. Thank you so much, Tomas. Thank you, Fred, for inviting me. Thank you so much. Cheers. So there you have it, guys. This was my interview with Tomas. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did enjoy chatting about photography about creativity visual storytelling and a bit of you know gear of course and if you enjoyed this episode please feel free to rate it in the podcatcher you're using whether it's apple spotify google we're on all those platforms and i invite you to continue the conversation on social media i'm at fred ranger and i wish you a very pleasant week i hope you're safe i hope you're healthy Stay strong. We're going to get through this together. Cheers. Cheers.